Welcome to Victory Monday here on the DK Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, running solo today on the show. It was another one, another nail-biter, another close one, and one of those games where I saw so many Steelers fans saying, of course they can't give us a break. Of course they're going to lose to the Cowboys. But they didn't. We're going to talk about how they didn't. We got a little shorter of a show today because it's been a long weekend. But we're going to have a... One one segment here, and then we'll get right to showtime with the game balls in the next next segment. But bottom line, you look at this game. This was the trap game. This was everything going wrong. Snake bitten. Things that sometimes you can't plan for starting to happen. Special teams was a disaster. Gave up a long punt return. Gave up a long kick return because a guy slipped and lost control of his lane. Gave up, or let up, let up, let a field goal get blocked, or an extra point get blocked. Missed another extra point. So many different things that went against this team, and then of course Ben Roethlisberger getting hurt in the middle, in, in, in the late in the second half, or first or second quarter. All this was lining up to be a way for Dallas to be able to win. But I remind you again of that saying from John Facenda, the voice of the NFL films videos back in the 70s. He saw he always said great teams aren't always great. They're just great when they have to be. And this team realizing even when it's not playing its best, even when they needed to go through different ways, they found it. They did it. They got it done. Ben Roethlisberger stepping up yet again as the leader for this team. Again, we'll do game balls later. But, I mean, what more could you ask of him? When the the running game against the worst rushing defense in the league wasn't getting going. James Conner, 9 carries, 22 yards. Wasn't happening. Ben Roethlisberger finishes this game 29-42 for 306 yards, 3 touchdowns, no interceptions. Huge performance on his part, and it was all, again, getting that second half down. Now, late in that first half, he certainly woke up, got things going, hit James Washington on a, on a double move, on a pump fake. It's exactly what we saw with him a few weeks ago. I believe it was against the Browns. But man, I know I think it was it's the Eagles. Either way, this was extremely impressive for them to find a way to win this game because this this was the game this was the game that that, that because the, when people talk about trap games this is this is how everything works and I don't I don't think people understand the difference between winning and losing the NFL is extremely thin on every given play and that's a lot to have to consider People always want to make it seem like, oh, well, if they just did this, or oh, well, if the coach had just known this or done this, that, you know, that they, they, they'd have found a way out of that. Nah. Sometimes it ain't that. Sometimes it is. Sometimes the coach is definitely responsible for things. 
But I see it as a reminder of why so many NFL games go down to the wire, even when you think they're not, they're they're supposed to be close. They're they're not supposed to be close. You look at the the way this game was playing out. Again, a quarterback that nobody knew who he was. He comes out, and you got to give credit to um, to get to Gilbert, Garrett Gilbert, the quarterback who started. I mean, he came in this game. He was confident. He was throwing the ball. He wasn't panicking. They eventually started to get to him in the middle of the field, but I I got I got to say I'm impressed with the guy. I mean, it, it could just be a one game fluke that he did this for you know against the Steelers, but um, I mean, who knows? We could we could we could be seeing the start of maybe the Cowboys rise in the NFC East because yes they're two and seven but guess what the Eagles only only three four and one if he becomes a comparable backup what do you do after that but I think that uh, he deserves praise for what he did this wasn't as much as the Steelers defense stinking as much as hey he made some really good plays but when push came to shove what happened with this defense they found answers this is the third week in a row that they've had to answer for something in the fourth quarter. You think back to the Titans game where the defense had to make a stand and hold on to a lead at the end of the game. What they do? They made a stand. It wasn't even a problem. Then after the Titans game, they play the Ravens, the arch nemesis. Not only do they get the stop there and force the turnover to give the offense the chance to close the game out in that game, but then after the offense fails to close that game out, they go they have to go back out there and play defense again. And guess what they do? They make it work. First, they get the again make it gets the the forces the fumble on Lamar Jackson, and then. Remarkably, again, Minka breaks up the last play of the game in the end zone. How does this week work out with with the Cowboys? Again, twice the Cowboys get the ball late in the game. In put-away time and on one score game. And the defense makes a stand yet again. Twice. That's special. I don't care about the I don't care, you know, you know. I mean, I do care about the things that that defense was 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 struggling with early in the game. But that's a group that says, okay, it's crunch time. Let's get it done right now. And when they do that, and they consistently do that, that speaks a lot to the fortitude of the group. That speaks a lot to how they know when to turn it on, how to turn it on, to to lock down on certain on certain plays. Now, granted. They, they they're still young. They're still learning. They're still trying to figure out how to how to how to win 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 more games consistently, and how to eliminate some of the mistakes that are going on right now. But by and large, a win is a win. And now that the Steelers are eight zero, the best record to start a season for the in franchise history. 
there's some real considerations as far as how they can keep it going in this third quarter of the season. You know, I always break the the the, the season down into four quarters. The first four games, you know, every, every four every four games. Um, in the first half of the season, the Steelers are undefeated. I'm excited to see where they go next with it. We're going to take one quick break. When we come back, it's showtime. We'll go over who gets my game balls for this for this win and how it compares to who I predicted would get the game balls. All that, right after this. Welcome, everyone, to the Showtime segment of the DK Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Now, of course, Showtime is what we do at the end of the week to predict who's going to get the game balls for the Steelers. Uh, I believe my picks were Connor, Watt, and... No, I think I picked Tuit. I think I picked Tuit again because I thought he was going to have another big day. And I think Minka? I forget right now, but... Um, it's late. I'm very sorry. It's been a long week, and I got back from Tallahassee, so I'm still recovering here. <laughs> but um, let's just get right into who deserves the game balls for this game. First game ball has to go to Ben Roethlisberger. Um, struggled early on, missed several passes, wasn't consistent early, but again, figuring things out late enough so that the Steelers could mount a comeback and win this game. 29-42, 306 passing yards. I believe that's a season high. And three touchdown passes. Huge from him. So he absolutely gets one of our game balls here. Um, our second game ball. I'm a, little, I'm a little split on this. But I got to give it to Minka Fitzpatrick. Six tackles, one interception, and a pass breakup. The interception coming in the red zone. Granted, it was off a tip pass. I want to give it. I want to give it to Watt, or I want to give it Minka coming through in the middle of the field, and again, right on the money in the final play of the game to break up the the last pass. So really good showing from him, and and I mean ultimately, I liked a lot of things I saw on the defense. Now, now again, we saw that run, that run, that run game. Spillane wasn't able to fight off the blockers. I think that's where Williamson's going to come into play. And I told y'all he was not going to play this weekend, even though he was dressed. He needs time to he needs time to get accustomed to things. We'll see if that happens this week. But yeah, so Ben Roethlisberger, Mika Fitzpatrick. <clears throat> Who should get this last game ball? I want to give it to Juju for some tough plays that he made. He had that touchdown. He had 93 yards. I believe that's his season high for him. I'm going to stick with Juju. Because a lot of those catches were not easy. And he caught 6-7 for 93 and a touchdown. He got physical when he needed to. People tried to bully him. He wasn't having it. Like his fortitude. And like him and Ben's connection in the big moments. During the game, I tweeted out that Juju is a number one receiver and, the, and like his touchdown was a perfect example of that 
And I mean that. I think that Juju's a number one receiver. He just doesn't get the looks because the Steelers like to spread the ball around, and that's a smart way to play play football. Um, and just because he doesn't get those numbers doesn't mean he's not. But, I mean, he's open. He's making people miss. He catches the ball. He runs through people. He protects the ball. I know people are going to think back, well, what about those the fumble against the Saints? And what about the fumble against the, the Ravens the past couple of years? Those, those are literally the only two fumbles he's ever had in his career. And again, when other people are succeeding, he's right up there celebrating with them. When other people are are winning, he's, he, he's right there with them. When he's winning, he's celebrating with them as well. He's enjoying himself. When he's not getting numbers, he's still dancing. He's still hanging with the team. There's no pouting. There's no throwing Gatorade coolers. That's leader stuff right there. He's making it. He's making a really strong case to have to stay in Pittsburgh because you need someone like that, especially in this young receiver room, and especially in a receiver room where it seems like Deontay Johnson could get a little bit of a better connection with Ben Roethlisberger because the two looked a little bit off on on Sunday. But hey, point being, Juju deserves that game ball for what he was doing. I could also give a game ball to TJ Watt. The Cam Hayward deserve, could deserve one. Um, both of them played extremely well up front and getting getting things going. Um, really liked the effort by the Steelers to finish. Yes, they have a lot to work on. And they know it, especially on that offensive line. Villanueva looked bad. DeCastro looked bad. Corford looked bad. Pouncey, I mean, I mean, honestly, the entire offensive line would get a D of a grade in this game because they couldn't run the ball on the worst rushing de- defense in the NFL, and they were giving up pressure on Ben. That can't that can't happen moving forward. They got to fix that. We'll talk about all that stuff going forward rest of the week. But this was the DK Steelers podcast recapping the Cowboys game. I'll be back tomorrow with a full length show with uh dale lolly we'll be doing that and don't get me don't you'll get the don't get me started segment going there thanks for listening to the show if you're enjoying the dk steelers podcast please subscribe we're on the dk podcast uh network or dk sports radio on uh anywhere po- where podcasts are hosted please leave us a five-star review as well as a positive comment um be back in your ears tomorrow and uh, see you then